Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're here with comic Natalie Gifford. Natalie Gifford, how the hell are you? Good. How are you doing, Brian? Oh, so happy to be talking to you. And so, you know, when the, when the virus ends and, and stand-up comedy opens back up, where are they going to see, you know, women stand-up show and where, where can they find you online in the meantime? Well, okay, it's interesting you asked that. So uh, when, hopefully when things start opening back up and we're allowed to come out of hiding, uh, you can check women stand-up. Uh, we are doing shows currently at the Crane Theater. We were doing it at the Wild Project, but now we are trying to do monthly shows at the Crane Theater. So uh, you can keep up with that at our Instagram, which is woman.stand.up. Uh, but for right now, we are trying to do things over Zoom, a very interesting media. <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, how, how did that kind of like, you know, what did you, you know, technologically speaking, is there any issues that you had starting on Zoom? Because everybody's slowly figuring out what works and what doesn't. Right. Yeah. So we had our show recently, uh, this last Thursday, and it was very interesting. We realized some people don't know how to mute their mics, <laughs> and that adds for an extra like um, kind of variable, very factor. Some people are talking. We had someone who was very interested in their cat and what they were doing. Um, <laughs> we had to work around that, try to mute people. So that that was the one thing that we were kind of battling is whether we should mute people or have their mics on so we can hear the laughter. And we decided to go for, you know, having people's mics on. But then that came with its own challenges where, you know, uh, people were talking over people and that kind yeah. of thing. So we're still trying to figure out maybe it's like some people will have on some people we won't have their mics on or or we'll just turn everyone's mics off but other than that the comedians i think themselves handled the the whole zoom situation very very well yeah. i think the best was the people who used uh zoom and the medium to do their comedy where it's like powerpoint stuff or uh filming kind of little sketchy things yeah. that i felt Sword, which is very interesting for stand-up because usually it's just you and a mic and that's it, you know? Oh, good. Yeah, we just had Dan Goodman on and he has a, a sticker, shtick a pole in it, which is a combination comedy uh, pole dancing oh. <laughs> event. And he said one one thing that works is I think he uses Zoom for, Zoom for business, which allows people to, even if their, their mics are muted, they can chat. And, oh, and yeah. I like that a lot because if, you know, if you're not... And then Joe, Joe Gorman was just on and he said, well, I want people to, you know, it's it's nice if somebody zoomed for them to laugh demonstrably. You know, I want to be able to visually see it. But mm -hmm. the chat thing allows people to be like, oh, I like that joke without interrupting the funny comedians. Right, right. So maybe there's something there trying to get through through chat rather than actually having it out loud. Yeah, because I want to be able to tell you guys that was hilarious. But if you know my, my mic is off, and or or some people are turning the mic back on right at the end, so that people can hear the applause. But I would love to be able to be like, oh, I liked that bit, without, um, you know, without you know bothering Natalie Gifford. Totally. And then you get that. It's interesting because you don't. It's hard to like feed off the audience when it's just you and your screen. You know, it's uh, very, it's a very weird uh, type of interaction. But yeah, maybe there's something there with the with the chat bar. But it's not, so it's not, so it sounds like although people could buy tickets on that, you know, before it happened, they could go on Eventbrite and buy tickets for women stand up. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, how are we supposed to watch it after the fact? Do we have to buy tickets to watch it after the fact? Can we even buy it? You know, can we even watch it after the fact? Right. Uh, so we do have it recording. I mean, that's a great thing about doing things online is then you can just automatically record them. Uh, so we do have it recorded. We're trying to figure out the logistics on uploading it, okay. but we ho we will keep uh, people in contact on how to go about watching the recording, either over Instagram or on our website, which is Women Stand Up NYC. Um, so it might be posted there, uh, but we will make sure that people get a recording or just DM us if you want a recording, um, because we do have that and we want to be able to give you guys a show even if you weren't able to come on the night and actually it's interesting you you probably you don't have to buy a ticket or anything to see the recording but the ticket we decided to decide uh, we decided basically to donate yeah. uh the money that we made for the show and we ended up making like fourteen hundred dollars which was really wow. crazy yeah and we are donating it to the actors fund uh to help oh, act artists during COVID-19 so and all it the sounds like, and, and you are, you know, although you're probably not going to directly benefit from that, it's, you are a uh, working actor in New York City, and you're actually, uh, I mean, you've been acting all over the world. I think I see in your bio here that although you went to NYU for, and got your BFA in acting, like you also went to Italy and you acted there in England, and you acted there, and you're originally from Canada. Yes. So I've been, even my uh, studying in New York was abroad for me, being from Vancouver, <laughs> Canada. Um, yeah, so I, well, yeah, so I definitely, so I studied in New York, and then luckily, uh, if anybody, if, if anybody's went to NYU, you know that they always like to push the abroad experiences. It's like you haven't lived unless yeah. you went somewhere else. So I was like, okay, this must be the go-to thing. So uh, a few summers ago, uh, there was a program in Italy, in Florence, Italy, uh, and it was a Commedia dell'arte program. And, you know, I've always, as an actor, gravitated towards comedy and Commedia dell'arte. If you know what it is, it's like mass and there's a very stock characters. It's very physical acting uh, and it's really a lot of fun. So I got to basically go to this beautiful campus. Uh, it's called Villa La Pietra in Florence. And I got to do some really fun uh, Commedia dell'arte pieces out in the gardens, outside. Um, we also so, did so the Commedia thing means it's comedy. Like, could you have had your choice between drama and comedy and you chose comedy? No, yeah, it's Commedia dell'arte is strictly comedy. It's a strictly comedic art form um, okay. that's based, that actually is from Italy which is what makes it so amazing to be able to study it there, like in wow. Italy. Um, yeah, it was really fun. Um, it was really hot, though, because we had to wear a lot of layers, and we had these masks on, and it was like the heat of Florence in the summer. But, you know, it was it added to the comedic effect. <laughs> I was just like sweating, <laughs> drenched in your own sweat by the end. Um, you, you, des you deserve hazard pay. I think you should tap some of that actor's fun, let me tell you. You guys, you guys, uh, you guys work hard. Yeah, it was labor. It was brutal, though. But it was, really, it was it was really like an amazing experience. It honestly felt like I was doing summer camp. Um, and we got to also work with these other actors who are um, a lot more like professional, who had their own company, and we ended up doing the Odyssey with them. And uh, I actually I do Irish dancing too, so I got to teach my whole class how to Irish dance. I realize I'm not a good teacher in that regard. Uh, trying to get them to do a jig was very tricky um, and I felt really bad but it, and you know added to the comedic element so that was great but and then, and then in England was that another comedy theater program or no was a study abroad through NYU 
Yes, it was another one of those study abroad through NYU. I feel like I should just be the ambassador of study abroad. (laughs) Well, yeah, as long as it was a good experience. But was that was theater as well? And was that comedy theater? Yeah, that was so that was theater as well. It was Shakespeare. So I studied at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts in London. um, And it was Shakespeare centric, which, again, was really cool because, you know, it all stemmed from there. Um, And Again, we got to do we got to do a lot of like clowning scenes, which I personally love because I'm definitely more comedic. Uh, but then we for our final project, we did Julius Caesar, which was a little more on the dramatic side. There's not much yeah. comedy and like, you know, and how do you how do you, how do you yeah, how do you do with roles like that? Like, do you still enjoy drama or do you find that like, yeah, I, I can do it, but my talents are slightly wasted because, you know, people should be laughing at what I'm doing. Totally. Uh, I like I like drama. I like a good cathartic, you know, cry session. I love it. I feel it. But it's 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 a different feeling. I think what I love about doing comedy more is that instant kind of gratification when you make a good joke or you do something funny and people laugh. Whereas like a drama is like you have no idea if they're liking this or not. They could be falling asleep. They could be hating it. Like you don't know. You can't hear you can't hear them sobbing at your drama. Yeah, exactly. It's like, if I don't hear you crying, sobbing, I don't know if I'm doing a good job. But but it's still fun. Like, I mean, as an actor, for me, I take any opportunity I can get. And I love a good drama. But I feel like I, my personality and like who I am kind of fits more towards the comedic element. So, you know, the Shakespeare shows that are like, um, Twelfth Night, like those kinds of things. I'm definitely a little bit more geared towards, or yeah, those those shows. I'm a little more. And so, at what point fun. during the at what point during the NYU um, experience did you start doing stand up? Was it after you got back from abroad, or was it sometime in between? Totally. So I actually did it my last semester of university because I thought, hey. You know, my this is something that kind of I actually if you asked me like a couple of years ago doing stand up, I would have never I would be like, hell no, that is scary. No, yeah. thank you. Um, but my last semester, I did a comedy class. And one of the things you could do was stand up. And I was like, you know what? I'm in a class setting. Might as well just give it a shot. Yeah. And I at first my teacher and I thought, OK, this is great. I'm going to do it in front of my classmates. Perfect. It's not going to be scary. But then my teacher was like, no, no, no. You have to like go to open mics and do it in front of like strangers. And I was like, oh, no. As <laughs> part of the class grade or no? It was like, yeah, it was part of the class. And because oh. at the end, the whole thing is where we're going to film it. So my teacher was like, I don't want you filming it and it be your first time performing it. Yeah. So we're like, that makes sense, but that's terrifying. So we did. <laughs> <laughs> so again, I mean, I feel like every, I'm sure everyone, comedian who did their first open mics felt this way like you didn't think you could do it and then you went up there and then you did it and you're like oh my god wait this is awesome yeah. um, this is so cool it's such an adrenaline rush it's so empowering so well, I, how, how, I mean how were you able to so successfully kind of do productions you know overseas and and why you and things in front of uh, you know a large number of people and then have trepidation when it with respect to open mics was it because the material was your own like you really had to put your your money where your mouth is as far as you know I wrote this and, and if it gets a laugh it's because of me and if it doesn't get a laugh it's because I'm not funny totally yeah that's you hit the nail on the head I think there's something about it's really vulnerable reading your own work out loud. Like there's so many things you can, as an actor, you just can blame everyone else. Like, ah, it's the director's <laughs> fault. Ah, the writing sucks. Like, you know, uh, you can kind of blame anyone else. But when it's just you up there, you really, it's, 
it's only you. Like you're the one that wrote it. You're the one standing there. So the judgment is completely on you. If you, but then it's more rewarding that way because if you can get a laugh, if you can entertain people, then you're like, Oh, I did this myself. I was able to come up here. I was able to do this. So it was really rewarding, but yeah, it was definitely, even with all the acting training, it was definitely terrifying to do at first. And it gives you, when, when they're laughing at your material, it gives you that energy boost that, you know, you indicated might be uh, missing from, you know, you know, when you tried to foray into Zoom, you were worried a little bit that the energy would not be there. Um, but it sounds like you guys are working around that and you're, you know, you're keeping the energy in the performance. Totally, totally. Yeah, 100%. And so, like, at what point, you know, are you doing, you know, because you have a drama background, do you find yourself more likely to do characters or act act out in your comedy act? Um, It's interesting that you asked that question because, yeah, actually, I never thought, I always thought my kind of comedy was more observational, more that kind of thing. But I found the things that work for me the most are actually like character things, like character driven. Um, And it's interesting because my last show that I did, the one that was over Zoom, I kind of did this character who was really like thriving during quarantine. But (laughs) the thing that she was thriving was like, I was learning how to play the guitar, but it was like a Wii guitar hero guitar. I was learning (laughs) like a Wii remote control like kind of situation. So, and that was a little bit more sketchy uh, and I actually seem to, that kind of comedy for me seemed to work more than if I was just kind of me doing whatever. Yeah. Where, where, where can they find that? Can they find that on your TikTok? Or I know you're not on Twitter. Like, can right. I reveal your, your Instagram, your uh, the, the official Natalie Gifford account? Can I say what it is? Yes. You can go okay. Ahead. It's XO Nat with two T's and then OX. And she indicates that she created this when she was slightly younger. Yes. But but this is where you know is the is the sketch video of the person uh, you know so, you know thriving in quarantine is that here or is it going to be embedded on NatalieGifford.com? Um, I will probably most likely put it on NatalieGifford.com, uh, which is my website. Um, but yeah, you can totally check that out uh, there for sure. Yeah, some of this I, I must feel like you do really well on Twitter because you know somehow you know, I think Matt Bouchel is a former guest and he's doing a lot of these hugely popular videos where he's taking these little you know he actually did a monologue um like he was just walking along the street with his mask on and i think he overdubbed a monologue of what he's thinking like you know and he's oh. thinking oh that person's too close to me blah 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 oh it must be nice to have that kind of mask blah blah, blah. but you know some of these things are super popular because it's hitting you know the nail on the head of and i always think he did that too you know people who uh, are bragging too much on the the stuff they're doing in quarantine like i think <laughs> totally. that like yeah, i think that yours could be super popular especially if you have such a strong acting background like what kind of a you know are you is your equipment pretty solid where it's easy for you to bang out like a, a comedy sketch video i mean i got my phone <laughs> uh, it's probably what my... most people are using yeah yeah i got my good old trusty phone um which you know again like so many things can be made on an iPhone nowadays. So, uh, so that's been good. And then I have like a mic, which is nice. Um, but you know, I think it's, I think also the beauty of it just lies in the fact that everything is a little bit rough and everyone's doing things from home and it's not like super professional looking, you know? 
Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I really, I really think, yeah, that stuff, you know, since you're such an actor, I think that, man, I mean, you, you know, I guess people can find you via X-O-N-A-T-T-O-X or they can <laughs> find you via women.stand.up or they can right. find you via NatalieGifford.com. But it's so much more shareable, you know, on something like like a Twitter or something. Um, right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to I'm just going to keep keep pressuring her on Twitter until I see that account <laughs> to, to, to share because I love sharing this content. Yeah. It's so nice to see these uh, these comedians who are former guests just they're just fucking nailing it. Like Maria Dakota just got written up in the Rolling Stone because she did the Andrew Cuomo impression. Oh, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, my Lord, like these people are so fucking talented and I've been so lucky. So I can't wait for the day where Natalie Gifford just is getting, you know, retweeted yeah. by Jimmy Fallon, et cetera. <laughs> you know what, Brian, just for you, just yes. for you, I will make a Twitter just so that you yes. better be my first follower. Is oh, so I, will, oh, I will be a first follower and I retweet this stuff like crazy because other than episode links, I don't really tweet tweet jokes myself i like to tweet material from former guests and they're also funny that every time there's a new thing you know i'll, I'll retweet the funny you know if it's funny enough and of course that would be you know mm -hmm. i'd love you know um i retweet it but then i also unretweet the older one just because i want people to think that you know i play and i don't play favorites among my guests you know if somebody has like 85 hilarious tweets i'm not going to retweet 85 i'm just mm -hmm. going to retweet one because i don't want people to think i you know i'm a big bigger fan of this comedian <laughs> than another <laughs> Yeah, you gotta you gotta make sure everyone's even. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it sounds like I mean, it looks like I'm looking at the the account as hard it is as it is to locate. Like I suppose I could have found it more easily via Natalie Gifford, but you have hundreds and hundreds, you know, nearly a thousand followers, and the same thing with this women stand up. And, and it sounds like that's how you guys raise so much money, for, you know, at your most recent women stand up event. And it looks like here that you're doing um, female identifying. So not just cisgendered females, but people who yeah. are identifying as a female. Exactly, yeah, we wanted to, I mean, the whole story behind women's stand-up is we wanted, through like, you know, my experience of going to open mics and finding it can be a little like intimidating as like, it's very much, like it's very male dominated sometimes. And as a woman, you know, I think a lot of people are like a little, scared to kind of delve into that community so we wanted to create an open for any woman and anybody who's female identifying we didn't want to you know just just say woman anybody who's female identifying to get that start to be empowered to do comedy to create a community that supports one another and my me and my co-founder Brittany Raper we uh, decided to create this last summer and we've just been doing shows month to month getting women who've always wanted to do stand-up comedy bringing them in going through sets you know, supporting one another, like giving each other notes and then going to open mics together and then putting on a show. And that's kind of the format that we do just to further the community, the women community in uh, stand up. Good. That way it's much more comfortable to kind of present you or you don't have to go among a sea of 20, 25 open mic males who are all talking about their genitalia. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we wanted that. We wanted the complete opposite of that. Uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like Brit Brittany Raper. What do you want to do? The opposite of that. The, the opposite, opposite of 20 male comics talking about their dick. Exactly. Exactly. So, and it's been great. And it's amazing to see these women go from not ever thinking they could do comedy or stand up to like freaking doing their own shows and seeing all these women who've always who are reaching out saying that they really want to try this it's been very very awesome, awesome. and now, now's the time to try it you know if you're if you're isolating during quarantine or whatever and you want to you know try your hand at it this is kind of a safe space to do so totally totally yeah and you can 
and you know no one has anything else to do so there'll be people watching <laughs> you um they don't have any excuses anymore not to yes. come to you so yes oh, i love that it's uh, yeah there's no safer space than the comfort of your your living room exactly. um you know with with all supportive you know female comics if that's you know how you identify so that is you know i look forward to that and the next one is you know i know the the last one was on thursday and they can see that via you know, they can find that via women.stand.up. But when is the next one? Do you have you guys planned that yet? We are hoping to do, uh, we haven't planned it officially, so this is completely off the record. Uh, but well, I it's, mean, on, it's on the record, but it's well, tentative. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's on the record, but very, very tentative. Um, we are, I think, because it went so well last time, we might be doing one in June. But again, we don't know for sure if that's going to happen, depending on, you know, things, what June's going to look like. <laughs> um, Will they so, also be able to find that on NatalieGifford.com? Totally. You'll be able to find it. Uh, if we are doing a show, you know that we will be promoting it like crazy. And you can find all of that on our Instagram. Um, and then also on my Instagram, I'll be also promoting it. So it, it won't go in hiding for sure if we are doing another show. And there's one more uh, place you can promote it, and that's your new Twitter account. <laughs> exactly, the new Twitter account. <laughs> I love it. Natalie Gifford, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Brian.